Welcome back to a brand new episode of Vagina Slims. For those who are new around here, my name is Lauren Rose, and we do this thing whenever it feels right, whenever it feels good, and I'm back to do another episode, so what's up? Some things have changed in my life, a lot of things have changed, and we're going to do a recap throughout this episode, and I have some music to play that's that hits hard hits me personally so maybe you'll feel that too but yeah life's been crazy because I don't know this past year I've been kind of bopping around for work um in different states and so I basically did two back-to-back festivals recently and I was living in Utah for a few months and then I came back to my hometown of Minneapolis uh, Minnesota and that was pretty wild because I worked a fest there which I've been working at for a while and I finally got to this position where it was like a management position and it was fine but in the moment it was just non-stop work and I was crazy and then a week after I finished I moved so I'm no longer living there which is bittersweet um it's good but I've yeah there's so many things to talk about um but yeah now I'm living back in Utah for the moment um I'm not doing fest work but I'm doing production work which is something that I have always wanted to do for like a longer term thing and now it's happening and it's all very new and scary and whatever but I also took a trip before my work started uh, along the West Coast, so I went to California, Oregon, and Seattle, and a bunch of states in between, so it's been wild. Um, But yeah, I'm going to start us off with a tune. (laughs) Um, This is the Bee Gees. I love the Bee Gees. Fun fact, and this is Lonely Days, and I heard it on the radio somewhere along driving throughout the the west coast and uh yeah i could relate so here you go enjoy Shut up. 
welcome back. That was the Bee Gees with Lonely Days. Such a cinematic song. <laughs> I, yeah, I heard that on the radio or something. And um, yeah, it felt like ice breaking, you know, like the thawing of spring. And that was something that was much needed because I'd been working, like living my life in winter for it feels like forever <laughs> like the only memories I have of like the fall I don't even remember the summer like the fall I was in California for a bit and that was super beautiful um working a fest but yeah sunshine it's a thing it's wild and I've been it's been pretty cloudy and rainy actually at this point but when we went on our vacation um it was the first time that I just like felt like my skin stinging in a really good way just driving down with like the rooftop you know open and driving through the redwoods in California and just smelling cedar and uh, it was amazing and I also I've only been to California probably once when I was a child because my aunt lives in San Diego, so I don't remember much of it. But we ended up going to the coast um, north of San Francisco. And yeah, I wanted like my Monterey moment, you know, Big Little Lies moment towards the end of the series when they're all like wrapped in their little blankets on the beach with their kids running around, just that moment of solace. Um, and I got it, so I'm happy, but yeah, it's been a journey. I I finish up the fest, and then, I don't know, I always do this thing to myself where I have this, like, internal drive to do bigger and better things, what I determine to be bigger and better, and to go after opportunities, but I never... I mean, it's in the back of my brain, but I never really actively think about how painful it is to do that and how stressful it is, um, especially in the industry that I'm in. And I've had conversations with people about how hard it is because, you know, when you do periodic gigs for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you make all these friends and you get to know a location and then you up and leave and maybe you see them and it's great because it's like family, you know, you're instantly connected, but you're always making relationships and severing them intensely. And that was something that I, that really hit hard with me. And I've seen people deal with it differently, you know, like some people get really belligerent and like can't handle themselves and they just they keep riding until they crash you know and then other people seem to have it together but we all go through it you know like I've been talking to a lot of my friends who moved to LA after one of the fests that we worked and they're all going through it in some capacity and um yeah just establishing yourself nowadays and feeling like you have a home or whatever it's it's complicated and I always felt like I don't know I had a space I had an apartment which was my first studio apartment ever and it was literally it was a room and a house this old Victorian house and I loved it like the the paint was like 
a light butter yellow and the sink was original like 1930 sink and the toilet had its things like it, it you have to flush twice for anything to go down but I just loved that space and I really made this beautiful home for myself for the past year even though it was super small and I was outgrowing it um but then yeah after this fest ended in Minneapolis I committed to a project um in the state I'm living in now and it required me basically leaving moving because I'll be here till at least like October probably longer and that's really hard for me because I love my space like I'm an introvert and I love being in like a sunny room and just listening to music or reading things watching movies like my VHS collection and um to pack all that up and then to just be thrust into a new environment in the hands of other people and hoping that people will have your back or or like you know you'll meet up with the friends that you have here but also not having a solid way of life is just challenging <laughs> so I've been dealing with that and to make matters worse this is <laughs> a terrible story but my friends and I on New Year's went to Colorado um, to stay at this cabin and I had picked up these CBD and then a little bit of THC um little sucker things um fun fact about me is I cannot smoke wheat <laughs> even though it probably sounds like I'm high right now I'm not um and yeah I used to be a daily smoker growing up <laughs> when I was a child just kidding um and yeah I had like a mental break where I understood the universe and I just became very existential I'm like oh my god we're gonna die everything's an illusion like why do we own things we're we're not gonna have them and whatever so every time I try to smoke weed with my friends or even if I'm in like a safe place I just lose it I get super depressive and it's just not a fun time so I was like cleaning up my apartment and going through all my shit which is so hard I hate I mean nobody loves moving but I it really stresses me out and I found these CBD suckers because I'm like I never use them because I thought the CBD could help calm my anxiety and I would take a couple and it wouldn't do shit for me so I'm like oh fuck this so I found it in a drawer I opened the drawer and they were all like clumped together in these big chunks and without thinking I just like popped the whole f fucking chunk in my mouth <laughs> and kept on packing because I didn't think it would do anything and then flash forward to an hour later I was high like very very high because I'd taken like 20 times the dose as you're supposed to and I didn't yeah as you can see uh it was not smart and yeah I had like a mental break and I was just alone in my apartment cleaning up just overwhelmed with things and I called my friend John who knows I can't smoke and I'm like I'm high um do you want to come over and meanwhile like I have like, tears running down my face and he doesn't know and he came over and you know after a while I'd come down but that was my the day before I left that was my day so yeah lots of ups and downs um 
but yeah, leaving was good. I it's always been hard because I've been very independent um growing up. Like after high school, I never lived with my parents. I'd always done my own thing and it's really hard to explain that to people because I feel like a lot of people in my life they're very close with their parents and they have a lot of support and not to say that my parents don't support me but um it's just a long story we have very a very strange circumstance and so I've been used to being independent but this move really just like slapped me across the face I was like okay like this is what's gonna be like you know I am alone in the universe um trying to do good things trying to further my career and get to a place where I'm I feel happy and I know if I were to stay there longer I would have been more depressed but it is funny how life just like presents you with good things and bad things before you make a move in your life and yeah so I listened to a lot of Bjork as I was leaving Minnesota I was like driving base up and just emotional so yeah and it's interesting because so I went with my brother and that's another side story my brother and I we don't know each other very well. Um, we kind of had this like respectful distance from each other. Like he he lived like five blocks away from me and we never really hung out or anything. Um, he's older and I had asked him to come out and drive out with me because I was driving to where I am. And he said yes. And we ended up doing this West Coast trip, um, which was dope. Uh, we stayed in like Tahoe and to the beaches of California and then I met up with my friend Julia because there's this, a film festival in Seattle right now so I got to hang out in Seattle but yeah it was just a lot of new environmental things so it just felt like a hard close on a chapter of my life especially having my brother come out with me because I probably won't see him for a while unless we cross paths you know um so yeah that's just a general <laughs> explanation of my life but um California was pretty dreamy in a sense there's so many rose bushes around we just gone I don't know if this if it's all if there's always flowers but when we went it was so beautiful like even along the highway the median like the divider it was just full of these blooming bushes and I guess we went in a really good time um but yeah California is sexy I really enjoy it uh and this came on the radio when I was driving and I yeah it just fit so here is light my fire by the doors enjoy That it would be untrue You know that I would be a liar If I was to say to you Girl, we couldn't get much higher Come on, baby, light my fire Come on, baby, light my fire Try to set the night on fire 
time to hesitate is through No time to wallow in the mind Try now we can only lose And our love become a funeral pyre Come on baby, light my fire Come on baby, light my fire Try to set the night on
hesitate is through No time to wallow in the mire Try now we can only lose And our love become a funeral pyre Come on baby, light my fire Come on baby, light my fire Shiny set the night on the doors with light my fire which is amazing and I actually didn't realize um I was listening to a podcast was it it was Karina Longworth's um you must remember this and she has this Charles Manson series I think it's like 12 parts um and I've always listened to it uh doing while doing road trips because it's just so interesting it talks about the beginning and end of the 60s the fear of hippies like all that um and how seedy america was and all these cult things whatever um but i didn't realize (laughs) she was talking about it that the doors were actually i mean they had a moment and then it was over like people thought they were really pretentious and listening to that music now i'm so into it (laughs) i'm like i'm such a poser but yeah, I've been also reading this book called The 60s Years of Hope and Days of Rage by Todd Gitlin. And I've had it for years and I've never cracked it because I have kind of a short attention span while reading. So I'm trying to get better at just like sitting down and falling through something. But there are a lot of great passages that kind of related to my time on the road. Um, so here's a passage. The Federal Aid Highway Act of 1956 authorized 41,000 miles of interstate roads, great, sleek, limited access superhighways, where nature was trimmed back for a smooth passage, and Americans could begin to feel that the whole of their vast country was coming within reach. The open road had long been a symbol of American freedom from over-civilization. It meant adventure and sex and joy rides before it meant commuting. For now, few worried aloud about the congestion, the carnage, and pollution which the private automobile brought with it, or about its consequences for cities, or about the future of America's dependence on petroleum. The car was still the incarnation of personal power, freedom, leisure, sex, access, efficiency, ease, comfort, and convenience all wrapped in a single machine. 
both a symbol and a symptom of the American search for ways to liberate the self from social restraints. It was a personal power in a private compartment tooling its way toward the horizon. And it goes on to talk about national parks and all of that. And that's such a, yeah, I don't know. When I was younger, my family and I did a couple road trips out to Yellowstone. And that was the best because I was just a kid. I was the youngest of three kids. And I was just in the back seat with my blankie sucking my thumb, you know. And it was like the most comforting and beautiful thing to look out the window and see America you know something that was different from where we lived and I I really loved that and you know when we had those bulky TVs and we plugged them into our our vans and would watch movies and I don't know I really I really love that and that's kind of something that stuck with me I've always wanted to go west and to revisit these places but also as I've grown up I've realized the darker underbelly side of America obviously it's not so amazing this land isn't ours and never was ours um and I don't know I just have a lot of thoughts about tourism and like the stream has been sold to us that everything can be yours and everything is in your reach and there's so many other perspectives in there but that was the driving force when I was growing up. I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to see, I'm going to live. Um, and so this book is interesting because it talks about the 60s and, you know, every generation has some sort of rebellion within it um, and all the movements are flawed in some capacity, but it does touch on just these feelings that I've that I recognize within myself. Um, there's another passage where he was talking about James Dean. Um, his ghostly appearance in Rebel Without a Cause became a vivid symbol of how precarious was youth who had everything. The road promised everything could take everything. Dean's martyrdom gave an aura both mysterious and grim in the famous scene in which he and his rival raced their cars to the edge of a cliff in a game of chicken. A year after he died, as many as 8,000 fans a month were writing to the dead James Dean, more than were writing to any living star. In the 50s, death on the road at high speed before one's time held the poignancy that had earlier been reserved for death in battle. And yeah, that's something that I also have been feeling like these risks of driving fast and going out west and just risking affluence and comfort can also just be abruptly ended with death <laughs> oh god <laughs> but then it's so worth it you know uh, there's a chapter about rock and roll and Chuck Berry and all these these leaders of it uh, in this passage I, I liked. Rock announced, being young means being able to feel rock. Whatever it is, you're in kid, you're not in it alone. You and your crowd are where it's at, spirited and translucent or misunderstood, and anyone who doesn't get it is, well, square. 
And I love that. Talking about Chuck Berry in particular, his line, hail, hail, rock and roll, deliver me from the days of old. It was just so out there and so tempting, you know. Uh, there's another passage percussive language was a rush of sound so urgent it stuttered as if to say what we're feeling is so deep so difficult so amazing it can only be expressed if we leave behind the middle class manners undo the lessons of school stop trying to sound correct with a catch in its collective throat rock announced to unbelievers before your very ears we invent a new vocabulary, a generation's private language, distressing the currency we coin our own. <sighs> yeah, and that's it. I don't know. It's been interesting, like, feeling a part of a generation, also feeling so on the outside of it. Um, it was really apparent, I think, yeah, when I got to Seattle, that was totally bizarre because everyone is very hip very queer very liberated so it seems in seattle and i always knew that was kind of a mecca for the alternative like as soon as we crossed into oregon or washington like pearl jam was on the radio 100 percent of the time <laughs> like all the songs um but yeah it just kind of startled me to see how other people were living in these different cities these young people and even being where I am now it's it's like I'm I want to relate and I want to be involved but I also feel like I don't not past my prime but I'm just I'm still on the outside or whatever it's hard to explain and then on top of that you know I have this crazy work schedule which I I love you know I love the opportunity and the promise of the work that I'm doing, um, but it's hard to establish who I am when I'm working all the time. I don't know. So yeah, those have been some feelings of mine, but I'm doing okay. I'm like settling in. I've actually met a couple of you <laughs> while being here where I am, which is totally bizarre because that hasn't happened to me um, in a long time. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, like, leaving my hometown permanently just taught me a lot of things about friendship in particular, because I've had these, like, really deep, true, long-time friendships, um, and those people have usually left. They've gone to New York or wherever, and they're doing their thing, and we still catch up, but for a long time, I just felt like I was alone, but then as I was leaving, I realized that I have dope friends, like, right in front of me, you know? My friend John used to be, we used to be together, and now he's, like, one of my best friends, and my buddy Willie, who is my fishing buddy, I go fly fishing with him, and I'm just really thankful to experience love, you know, in terms of friendship and just appreciation and, you know, just realizing that people have impacted my life and that I appreciate that, but also learning that sometimes you just have to 
leave, you know. And something I also experienced, I think, for the first time was, like, romantic love, which I've never felt, I don't think, maybe briefly I felt it, but for the first time I was really honest with myself and felt what that feels like and it was hard because I was leaving it was like tragic you know um but I'm glad that I did what I did and I don't know if it's gonna be the end of that um but I'm glad I got to taste what it felt like you know yeah and I, I always say Twister uh, to watch. So, okay, rewind. Basically, I have this old school uh, Panasonic TV with a VHS player in it. My sister and I, we used to have it in our bedroom. We saw like 9-11 on it, whatever. We would watch Sex and City when my parents went to sleep on it. And I have it with me to this day because I watch all my VHS is on it but I have a VHS of Twister which is my favorite film um, undeniably and I am not embarrassed to say because I love it I love Helen Hunt and it I want to be a meteorologist when I was growing up because I wanted to chase tornadoes and then I realized that I loved movies and I just wanted to be Helen Hunt you know um, and Dusty Philip Seymour Hoffman R.I.P. Um, but yeah, the night before, I'm like, I had that, and I had the Virgin Suicides on deck, and I was, I was gonna watch Twister, and I put it in, and it wouldn't work in my VHS player, like, it just wouldn't work, and that was a symbol to me, you know, to get a new copy, but also, like, this is it, this is, like, I don't have to rewatch this movie anymore to, like, comfort or soothe me or tell me my ambitions or whatever like I'm good and I'm just moving on and instead I watch a virgin suicides which is another sentimental movie to me I love everything about it even if it's out of fashion I still love everything about it and I love trip and that storyline so I don't know. I'm just trying to get my groove back. I'm trying to be confident in who I was because when I lived back home and traveled around for work, I had a lot of self-confidence, which has, it's been like a long time coming, but now with everything shaken up, it's hard to come back to who I am and to find that fire again, but it's still there. So just keep on keeping on you know that's that's a gig we are we're doing it so I have to play the god of the 80s this is Bruce Springsteen with Born to Run thanks for listening everyone and we'll talk soon bye <laughs>